everyone. Welcome to Article 23, your podcast all about work. James Hancock here, calling in from Philadelphia, and I'm excited to be joined by our CEO, Rhonda Brighton-Hall. Hi, James. It's great to see your face bright and early this morning. Yep, yep. It is nice, and it's nice. We've just had a little rainstorm over here, and I felt feel like it was welcomed. So, we, we have had a night of rain too, so the whole planet's having a bit of a wash. Not, not a bad thing. We're in another week of the pandemic. It's a bit tough over here in the US. How are things back home? We've, yeah, well, we've certainly, we've been getting a lot of news and I'm sure that I, I never know whether news is over-sensationalising or doesn't really know the whole story, but the US situation looks pretty, pretty serious. And so, you know, I'm sorry that, that that's happening. Um, the current situation in Australia is quite interesting because we've probably based on the fact that we're an island and we've got a few other things going for us and we were lucky that it didn't land here as quickly perhaps as some other countries we flattened that curve we've got less people we have some dramatic situations with cruise boats and things and people are talking about that but while there is a little bit of the scandalous stuff and fighting there's very little comparatively to normal so politically people are being quite collaborative um, society is being very collaborative. We sort of understand that social distancing and staying home is important to save the lives of, of other Australians. So people are doing the right thing. It's actually, it, it's almost like we've relied on each other to look after each other and we've done it. Now, yeah. there's days to come and I'm sure there's more to come and we still have the curve in front of us and everything else, but it's actually not too bad. Yeah, yeah. There's one I will share. I saw it all the way over here um, from our friends over on the west coast of Australia from uh the premier of wa yeah and it was a little nine-year-old wrote in and said you know dear mr uh premier can i ask you if the easter bunny will still be allowed to visit given you know, we're all <laughs> self-isolating maybe not in those words but you know given what's going on and he He's wrote an, an essential worker he wrote an official letter saying the easter bunny you know i i solemnly deem that the easter bunny is an essential worker and you know with a bit of coordination from mum and dad we'll make sure that the easter bunny can visit all the kids Oh, that is so cute. <laughs> that it's was just... really cute. And you do see a lot of really beautiful humanity from like the chief medical officer and the head of all the nurses in the country and all that sort of thing. They're, they're really, despite everything they're dealing with, they're just incredibly human and incredibly gracious. It's really quite beautiful to watch. Yeah. And I think let's keep those positive vibes going just a little bit. We we're going to, a lot of our clients and people will be in different parts of where they're at there as individuals, as teams, as organizations and as society but we want to sort of have a look at what do we think work will look like post, I don't, I don't want to say COVID-19, post where we're at right now. Yeah. And so, yeah, have a bit yeah. of a conversation about that. Uh, yeah, and I, th I think that's part of it. I think we go through the first sort of jarring reality that this is the situation that we're in. It's our generation's moment. Um, yeah. And then we sort of go to, okay, it is our moment and that's the way life is and everyone get, accepts it. And then we need to say, well, what's next? And because, you know, we've talked about this before, but because we've got some really beautiful leaders that we've been working with on this topic since January, um, yeah. you can see them already. They're a long way forward. They're sort of going, okay, not what should we come back to, but what could we come back to? What might we come back to? And they're starting to really think forward in a really beautiful way. Um, and so for, for all of the businesses we work with, but also all the individuals, um, it is about what are you doing now, sure, and how do you get through this and how many Zoom calls can a person do it a day and all that. We're testing, <laughs> testing that record all the time. But <laughs> what could we move forward to and how do you keep your purpose of your business and keep your purpose of your work still connected to other people when you're isolated? Yeah, 
makes sense. So I reckon to help cover that, I was going to sort of ask us <laughs> as interviewer and contributor, uh, what's really happened to work through this bit about what are some of the um, systemic and structural shifts. So kind of yep. thinking through those, those big things. Yeah. And then a little bit about what do we think might change day to day for people after this is all over, whenever that might be. Yeah. That yeah. Sound all right? <clears throat> yeah. I think that's a really nice flow. So what's happened already. Yeah. What's the systemic and structural shifts we expect and the change that we might happen post, which I think is a great, that's a great structure. All right, let's do it. So for what's really happened to work, we spoke about a little bit last week, but kind of think it's like we've all reassessed our needs and wants and priorities. And yep. I think there's sort of phases of that happening. I think the one that we spoke about a little bit last week, but I think comes back, it's come back up a couple of times this week in conversations I've had with people is the idea of Maslow and yeah. Maslow's hierarchy. And it's like, it sounds like, oh my gosh, back to the, back to the past. You're going a long way into the history books for this one. But you kind of went back down the triangle, if you like, down the hierarchy to just the very base needs of what's physiological, like food, water, shelter. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Let's get that set. Yeah. And then, and then what do we do from there? Squirrel away a bit of extra food. Yeah, squirrel away a bit of extra food. Try and squirrel away a bit of extra cash. Like all of those things. It's just like right back to the base, right back to the bases. Yeah, and even people who thought that they could avoid that, that was really funny. I've got some beautiful friends who were so yeah. like, no, this is a jarring reset of society. They were staying right up the top. And uh, then they'd suddenly ring you and say, I'm out of loo paper, what do I do? <laughs> so yeah, go, okay. right. <laughs> That's right. And the thinking, I think the thinking through that is absolutely, there'll be a time where it makes us feel better to move back up that hierarchy, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, but we don't have to rush it. Yeah. We don't have to become self-actualized tomorrow and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of thinking through that one. Um, the other sort of one I was thinking about is this idea of what's valuable. If that makes like, it's very broad, but what's yeah. valuable yeah. and that I think it's okay that we're valuing care. And I think we're all getting, even those that had good appreciation of the work that people do in health, uh, frontline health, um, you know, all those sorts of things, but I think we mm. kind of went, it's valuable to care. It's yeah. okay. That adds a lot to society. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And, and we're sort of, we, we are quite prone to the people who are frontline um, emergency carers and hospital mm. workers. We, we, we really like those professions. I mean, I, I don't think it, it's ever been a bad profession if you're at a party or something to say, I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, I'm a firefighter, I'm an ambulance driver. These are, wow. Yeah. So they're the heroic jobs of society, aren't they? So I think we all get them and we, we, we're prone to love them. We're prone to appreciate them. It's not always economically appreciated and we know that, but still they are the jobs that we really like. Yeah, and I think the other one that I would add in here and the one that's just been, I wouldn't say bugging, but I've been thinking about it a lot this week um, is the buckets of calling people essential and non-essential. Yeah. And so it's sort of like, I don't know, you know, a range of people in roles in HR, for example, in people and culture could well be seen as non-essential in these times. Yeah. And have been like, we've, we've been impacted. We've, yeah. We're, we're looking at clients that are already, they've literally stood down their entire people and culture team, um, yeah. including their wellbeing team and their, you know, connecting all those people who do that work, they're just gone. And, and you go, well, now there's like, you've got, a shell of your workforce left at work 
um, that 15% of the economy that's literally already been hibernated. They're mm -hmm. all at home. They've got no one to really connect to them. I, I'm not sure what's happening to them at the moment. Yeah, and I just think it's such a, you know, a critical time for the work that we can do. And to hear that is like, we've got, we got to think about that and work through that. Yeah. And just yeah. the labels on like essential, non-essential, it's different. But again, the essential kind of comes back down to what are the baseline needs? It's like food, water, shelter, and looking after people. Yeah, staying <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's also a big debate here, and it's sort of it's not a topic we normally talk about, but it's a big debate here about the the different approaches countries are taking. And I think yeah. you know if you look at Hofstetter or you look at all those yeah. you know studies of people that that do what is the world like when we come together. I think our cultures are coming forward, and we're starting to see who's really collective and who's quite individual. And in 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 our response to it, we sort of go it's very important we all do this. So we say, it's very important you personally take responsibility for that. And I think no, that's been fascinating to watch. Yep, I agree. And I think just uh, global connectedness and more appreciation for global news, if that makes sense. Like yep, in Australia, I often think of Australia and New Zealand, maybe Europe as a bucket and maybe the US a little bit, but it's so much bigger, broader, you know, all of those nuances, I think, key. But you're hearing yeah. about it more from this health perspective, but you know, I hope that we never switch that back off again in a way. I hope so too. I think yeah. that there's a lot, lot to be gained from the fact that we're learning from each other a little bit kinder. The other one I wanted to mention was your article last week on people in the economy, because I absolutely loved it. Thank you. Do you want to, if anyone has not read that, do you want to give us <laughs> what, what that was? <laughs> well, well, I think it was this debate. We had, we had a, a jarring sort of two sides of the equation. So every time we're turning on the news, it's like, we have to save people's lives as a health crisis. And then we have to hibernate the economy to save people's lives. The economy is going to collapse. We've got to reopen the economy. This is the debate. But the reality is the economy, as we call it, is just mm -hmm. us. Like it's all of us contributing to community, working, being part of it. So it's not actually divided. And if you're going to do one to look after health, you actually have to hibernate the economy. And the words that we were still using was the words of economics as opposed to the words of humanity. And the ones that really found really interesting is we have a number of friends and clients who have built retail businesses or hospitality business, restaurants, pubs, et cetera. And what was happening on the news is saying it's a bloodbath of the retail sector or the bloodbath of the hospitality sector, but it's actually not a bloodbath. These people are deeply understanding of society. These are people who work with people every day. So they're very people people. And yeah. they need to close their businesses and they need to go home um, to look after the rest of society. And they did that without, you know, certainly with a lot of angst, a lot of disappointment, yeah. a lot of sadness, but they didn't do it with anger. There was no bloodbath language in them. It was, oh my God, how can I look after my team? You know, how can I look after my little business that I've built for 10, 20 years? How can I be back soon? You know, there was a lot of, a lot of the words from them were about caring and, looking after each other. They weren't words of economics. They were words of, we completely understand what's happening. We completely understand our role. And it's yeah. quite heroic to walk away from something that you love that much and, yeah. and be home for the good of others. And that's what we're trying to, that, that's not actually a divide between people and jobs. <laughs> it's yeah. actually there together. Yeah, and this is the other topic that I would raise in, and it's sort of, you could call it a little bit about privilege, but you could also probably more correctly call it a bit about diversity and inclusion. And what we're learning uh, really strongly here from the medical data that we're seeing every day is it doesn't impact people of different backgrounds the same. And so when you look at that, what they're 
what we're finding over here is that people of African-American backgrounds are having a different relationship, if you like, with, with coronavirus. And that's really big. And then you sort of look at some of the societal things that might be at play there. Like, it's obviously a very complex problem. But I think having that appreciation that lived experiences are different for those range of reasons, this is kind of another great example um, yeah. of those ideas. So it's obviously, yeah, great in the way we learn, not good that it's happening to anyone. Yeah. Um, we're, we're learning a lot through that. And, you know, we were talking about that uh, offline about data on cell phones, mobile phones, uh, and where people go and their movement patterns. And what we found is people in richer areas were able to drop the movement that they made a lot quicker and for longer. Yeah. People that are in poorer areas, just fascinating data point, I thought, from all the cell phones all over America. But um, super interesting to see that kind of... I, I thought that data that you had where you, the essential workers were were um, absolutely dominated by particular racial groups. And that's, you know, that's extraordinary. And what we are seeing already around the world is this, um, the negative impact of while the majority, well, a small majority of the cases are male, so it's affecting men worse, um, and the death rates are higher for men. But what's also interesting is that the social impacts are being felt by women who often play the caring role as well and so the increase in domestic violence in the provinces of china from where this started have gone yeah. up by over 35 percent and and when you're inside some of the decisions we had to make as a country all around the world in each country things mm. like um okay we're going to shut down the schools but the impact on a child who doesn't have a safe home that is in yeah. a situation of domestic violence or abuse is that's devastating they have one safe place in their life and when yeah. schools close they go and it will be the same for some women and some men that are going okay now i have to work from home home's the place i love getting away from every day and all of a yeah. sudden i'm going to be there all the time and the yeah. pressure and social anxiety that's on my family will probably make my situation worse so there's certainly a privileged lens on this there's certainly a minority lens on this that you know, will play out in, in, I think, quite catastrophic ways. I mean, I think it's one of the most jarringly sad things that we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of what's really happened and some of the, I guess, shifts and things we've seen. What about longer term? What do we think will be structural or systemic? What will happen? Some of the themes. I, I, I wouldn't go so far to say that I think that, um, you know, no one will have cash, will go back to bartering goods and services, um, you know, I've got this and I'll swap you for that. I don't think we're going all the way back to that. But what, is there anything out there? Because my daughter's yeah. making some pretty amazing sourdough bread. So <laughs> stick with us, we're good. That's good. I'm already trying to work out what I can give you for that. <laughs> jam maker, if you want to get into jam. Oh, okay. I'm interested. I've got very little current expertise, but we'll give it a go. <laughs> um, what, what do we think might happen there? Well, I think we're certainly, the, the economic impacts of it will be that we'll be poorer. I think that's the economic reality of the world. Yeah. And, and, and for some countries, that will be worse than others. So the, for those of us that are sitting in quite you know, robust economies and have done well for a really long time, even though the truth is that we will be poorer for quite some time, is a very different reality than countries that are already, already very poor. And so that's going to be a bit of a shift, I think, of, of the way the world comes together as well. But certainly I love the idea that we are on the positive side, elevating the importance of health yeah. and elevating the importance of environment. There's certainly some really good arguments that 
um, part of this catastrophe was predicted by people like Bill Gates for the last 10, 15 years um, on the way that we were treating the planet and the way that we weren't being careful with it. And so I think the environmental issues that we've been increasingly putting at the top of the agenda will probably get, you know, a real lift again and we'll start to be much more serious about it. Yeah, and I think, and it's easy to say it's sitting on the other side of the world, but I never really had any issues with the Australian health system. And now I look across, you know, all of that water and go, it's pretty bloody awesome <laughs> what we have over there, back home. There's, uh, there's something about that baseline that you know that any human being in this society can walk into a hospital and say, I need care. And the country will say, that's okay, we'll give it to you. Yeah, I think it's yeah. actually, it's a huge, it's a huge human right. And, and we're very, very lucky to have that privilege. Yeah. So no, no politics, but um, yeah, reflecting and thinking very positively of home. What yeah. about, what about back, back home, uh, you know, in Australia, what about childcare? Cause I know there are some measures and stuff like that that have been considered and looked yeah, at. Yeah. Well, we, we've had the childcare debate for a long time and we balk mm -hmm. at it a lot and what we and there's lots of, of machinery in behind that but we've always said no 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 we can't have free childcare. it must be paid for and it's debilitating a lot of parents literally if two parents are working a large part of at least one of them will be going to pay their children's childcare. so they it's actually yep. keeping people in a pretty poverty sort of state if they can't afford childcare. it's pretty wicked and so what's happened in the last couple of weeks is um, social change that we've been discussing and debating for the longest, longest time has suddenly happened at speed. And that's one of them is that as of last Monday, childcare is free for people in Australia. And whether we ever take that back will be a It'll very, be very interesting hard to debate. Go back, won't it? It'll be hard to go back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It will be very, very interesting. And I think it's one of those social changes that we've wanted for a long time to say, this is really important. If we want men and women to be able to work evenly and we want, people who want to try and fight their way ahead, then having your children in good care is a really important part of that. So it will be interesting to see what happens with that one. Yeah, and I think of the data points that we, you know, always go back to from our friends at Bank West Code and Economic Centre. And I think of, um, you know, the rapid four day working week that we've spoken about before and that trend that both genders are moving to it at the same pace. It's just, there's a bit of a, a, bit of a difference, but the trend is the same. I wonder how that would look if if the childcare one came through. Like yeah, what would the pattern look like? How would it be? Yeah, I think it's big. I think it'll change everything. And then there's another industry here that's sort of the home childcare, you know, where someone says, I've got children, so I'll bring in two other kids. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're suddenly their income is gone because yeah. they're saying childcare centers is one thing, but you know, giving people um, money to look after other people's kids in their own home when they're already home with theirs, that's not part of that industry. And it, and it has been a traditional part of the industry. So there's things like that, structural changes that, you know, will just happen literally overnight. The other one is, you know, we've argued for ages that it's possible to do virtual doctor's meetings and the doctor's yeah. associations always said, no, 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 must be in person. Now the doctors I've, I've done one. have gone to it. Oh, there you I've, go. <laughs> I've done one over here and I thought, I'm, to be honest, as like, you know, a patient or whatever, like I was a bit skeptical. I was like, I don't know. It's, you know, it's new and interesting, but why not? You know, I'm not like grossly unwell, um, had one and it worked great. And it's yeah. part of the care thing is reassurance that it's okay in a way. Yeah. I know that's really cheeky. Worked beautifully. No problem. <laughs> I think I'm still here. So that's <laughs> and, and that thing gives a level of, of 
possibility and care into remote and rural communities too that don't have all the specialists that we have in the cities and and that could actually open up a whole different approach when at the moment they sort of have to take a two-day trip to the nearest city and have find a hotel and all of a sudden that could be brought right to their doorstep so there's certainly some opening up of technology which in, has been artificially limited for a long time which is yeah. actually quite cool as well and it could let us you know expedite other parts of care and things like that which could be awesome yeah absolutely also look different and stuff what about what will change day to day after this whole thing is over whenever it's over i find this i find this i find this whole discussion just so so interesting because it's so, it's so easy to say i oh, we'll never work together again we'll all just be on zoom and we'll be like the people of wally and just wheel around everywhere but i think <laughs> yeah. um i think that i think what it's also doing on one side it's showing us how much remote work or flexible work we can do which is great Yep. On the flip side of it, it's showing us how important that human connection and ability to be together and laugh and muck around. And we're not talking, like, if I wanted to make a stupid joke about a song or I wanted to grab a coffee with you while we're happened. working together, which does, <laughs> which does happen often, Sorry. is yeah. you don't say, you don't sort of text you and say, James, can you jump on Zoom? I've got a joke to make. You know, yeah. so you, you, you lose <laughs> you lose the banter and the silliness and the music and between and and you lose that quite quickly, and it becomes more structured. So people who like doing things, I've seen all these ones. People going, you know, we have a recipe day where people put their recipes up, and mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, but that's not spontaneous banter between human beings that are together. That's putting a recipe up, which is also very lovely, but it's quite different. And so I think there's a new realization of the connectivity and closeness that we have when we're seeing people on an informal basis all the time. And yeah. I think that's going to be still there. I think it's going to be increasingly important, not less. Yeah. yeah. I think that we should probably, and I think it's one for my as a team do 15 minutes every Wednesday where we just rotate around each person and just give one joke each. Yeah. Um, I think that would be really extremely authentic and make a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> with an agenda and do it in alpha order and very yes. organized yeah that's, that's right. the thing it's it's that super organization of an agenda and only one person can talk yeah. at once because you both talk and cuts the other person off so that banter of people is is sort of limited when it's in this format yeah so i agree i think that that flexible working and the balance of what can be you know what we can do the same and differently i think that will come through the one that i'm really interested in is you know people have said um flexible working is more productive, for example, or, you know, a whole range of things get thrown out, different data points. The one that I think is really interesting through this is that the amount of work that can possibly go on at the moment, given the market is different, things are sharp, all of that kind of things we've been talking about looks different. So it's not a like for like comparison. We can't say working remotely is definitely better or it's definitely worse or working face to face. So I think it's going to be an approach that comes together. Because I yeah. think you could say everyone's working flexibly and less work was done. The naysayers could come out with that tomorrow, but that's yeah. just because the market client, like everything's a little different. Yeah. So it's not, but I think, yeah, interesting one to come through. Yeah. What about, what about, do you think Zoom will live forever? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, was, I think Zoom's going to live forever because it's like, if you, you know, we have a number of clients on all different things. So we do yeah. Microsoft Teams and then we do, yeah. Uh, Hangout, Google Hangout, and then we do a Zoom. And I think the reality is that um, 
Zoom is better. It's easier to get on. Uh, even people who are not very technically literate can jump into it. It's sound and visual is pretty good. And, and I think that's why it will live on. As long as they continue to make a good product, I think they're in good shape. Yeah. We're platform agnostic and, you know, we do whatever our clients want us to do but this particular we use zoom for the team because it works better i would say there's some funny stuff coming through about the future of work about things like activity-based working and things like that and i think that will be interesting i think it will be interesting while we work towards herd immunity or whatever you want to call it um yeah. going forward there's going to be this sensitivity to germs of other people and even though it's a virus but it it's it's really going to have a th I saw that article yesterday on the news when they were talking about or was actually it was on a dock after the news but they were talking about how we'll no longer make furniture for our offices out of steel because the virus can live on steel for two weeks and I thought okay but we don't you know office furniture is made of wood and it lives on that for about 10 days so it's not it's not going to be we're going to make it out of fabric or something like it's really yeah. it's a really wacky conversation but simple things like uh, yeah. activity-based working versus having your own space yeah. um, that may come much more into vogue if I need my own space because I know that I'm going to keep it in good shape and you know I'll be safe at my desk or whatever it happens to be um, and whether we move to an environment where we're all in that big open blob of people or whether we say actually we need to block it into smaller rooms I, I think that's interesting we're talking to architects about this yesterday about what that looks like going forward and I don't know the answer to it but it's there'll certainly be some hangover on how we feel about being too close to strangers yeah and I think as we there's got to be yeah all of those things I think um do we are we going to go forward and live in a hotel or a different place every night and so that's kind of like what we're saying. If we just go with, we are only doing activity-based working. For me, that doesn't work. I quite like having a home. And I think I like that as a home and also as a workplace, yeah. having some sort of primary space, right? And I think yeah, maybe that's unpopular, but I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sort of the equivalent that would come through. And people have started talking about flow-ons to property and things like that as well and implications and commercial property particular offices are you know they're all dead I, I don't see it yeah I don't I don't see it either. we've kept we've kept our lease even though we're working from home and we're very much looking forward to being back together in offices but uh, having said that we've got clients that have already cancelled theirs and said we'll never again need an office we just need a meeting room once a week so I think that there will be impacts on property I think it's yeah. yet to be seen what that is and then yeah. there's this other piece of what does it look like as we move we went to here we are working the way we've worked for a really long time, plus or minus a bit of flexibility, to two weeks later, everything's flexible, even the things that could never have been flexible ever before. We did that yeah. literally overnight. It was so yeah. fast. And yeah. now we're going to say, okay, we're out of hibernation and things can start to move again. We're all going to go back to work. What does that look like? What, how do we re-onboard, which was the expression we came up with this week, to, yeah. how do we re-onboard <laughs> ourselves back to work? And, and that will be easier for some because we'll be racing back to it going, thank God. <laughs> and yeah. it will be other people going, actually, I quite like this no commute, living in my lounge room, doing my work on my laptop. So what does that look like? And does everyone come back? And how much of industries come back? Certainly some industries will be much more impacted than others. So I think there's mm -hmm. lots of open questions, but the really good leaders and the good clients at the moment are already talking about that. They're saying onboarding yeah. will look something like this. We have a lot of you know, points we still need to find the answers to, but 
generally speaking, we're starting to plan for it now, which I think is exciting. Yeah, and I think the pace that that happened and the sort of velocity, like we should take some, uh, pat ourselves on the back a little bit for that one. If we can do that for solving workforces and think, thinking through that as quickly as we have on some of the things that have been there for so long, what, what else can we apply that kind of process to? Yeah, when push came to shove and we needed to look after each other, we did it. You know, we yeah. need to all go home so that other people don't die. We all went, fine, done. Seems reasonable. <laughs> Seems reasonable. Let's go. And I think that ability to rely on other human beings is actually, I think that's what we have proven. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Totally agree with that. Totally in every country in the world. I think that's really quite exciting. So I think there's lots that we can take out. And you're right. How quickly could we do it again if we needed to do it? And, and if we need to change things that we've always had in the too hard basket for a really long time. If we really put our minds to it, I think we could probably be much more optimistic about our ability to deal with stuff. Totally agree. I think that's been a good chat for this week. Yeah, it's it's typical of a COVID-19 quarantine isolation period chat, isn't it? You think you're going to talk about one, two, three, and you end up talking about one, two, seven, eight, nine, and three. Yeah, I <laughs> and think I think it's... Right. It is a big unwieldy sort of time and a moment. And I think people are still wrapping their heads around it. And if, um, yeah, what we're trying to do is to think forward all the time, which is where we live. So we're not sort of, let's unravel some new piece of legislation. We're more saying, what does this look like in the long term? How will people come back together? Um, work will always be important. It's so important to all of us to contribute. And so how do we get that back moving in a great way during this period, not waste a minute, but equally after this period. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think if anyone has ideas, like our offer is always out there, but if anyone has ideas on what they're doing, what they're thinking about, different perspectives to us, um, you know, anything we could do to help, um, drop us a line at team at moi.live, uh, the email address that we've got. And I think we've also got some stuff that we're going to release to help individuals through this time as well. So a bit of thinking and self-reflection. Yeah. Like so we've we've done a, a lot of work for organisations. And, and so we're increasingly making that available to um, all sorts of people that have rung and said, look, I saw you did some stuff for the Australian Fashion Council. Can you also show us how to do this? And we've said, sure. So there's a lot of that. And now this week we're turning our our head towards how can we support individuals in a meaningful way in a relevant way and that's what we'll be releasing in the next few days which is um i think very exciting sounds good i think that's a big more from us <laughs> big more <laughs> from me too bye bye